Welcome to The Turning Point, a podcast for any and all of us who are interested in education in sub-Saharan Africa. On this podcast, we'll be speaking with leaders, teachers and educators from all walks of life, but all of whom have a keen interest in the preparation of our next generations for an exciting future on the African continent. If you're interested in Africa taking its rightful place on the global education stage, or indeed simply interested in having a small window into this crucially important time in African education's history, join us on The Turning Point to hear what others have to say. Today I am privileged to welcome Peter Sloan to The Turning Point to talk about leadership in educational settings. Peter has spent more than three decades leading in schools across the world. He started out leading in his home country of England, but has subsequently led schools in Malawi, Spain, Taiwan, Togo, and Armenia. Having worked under Peter for several years, I learned a lot about the importance of humanity and leadership. Peter always had a saying that I've never forgotten, and that was, people before paper, something which I've quoted to colleagues and peers many times since. So welcome, Peter, to the Turning Point podcast. Um, and it's great to have you here to talk about leadership and education. I thought a good way to start would be to uh, just to ask the question whether leadership in, in educational settings is different, in your opinion, to leadership in um, other organizations or other settings. Okay, well, well, thank you, David. Thank you for your welcome. It's good to be with you. Um, and it's a good good question to start off with. So is leadership in education different from, from other organizations? And, and clearly there are some differences between education and other organizations, but, but there are also many similarities. Um, I think the differences are to do with our core function. Um, our role as schools is, is the role of well-being uh, and learning for our children and young people. It's about providing an effective uh, environment for them to grow and to become independent, community-minded, self-confident, problem-solving, and positive young people. Um, and of course, we don't do this alone. Uh, schools work in partnership with parents in working towards these goals. I, I could put a case forward, and as a former head, I'm sure you'd agree with me, I could put a case forward that, that leading schools involves a greater cross-section of challenges and opportunities than, than many other organisations. You know, in a, a single day, you can be dealing with misfunctioning toilets, phonic work with six-year-olds, you can be supervising a new bill, recruiting teachers, or you could have a five-year-old who wants to tell you about her new puppy. So there's a, there's lots of variety uh, in terms of leading schools, and that's what keeps the job fresh and exciting. But I think there are similarities too, some, some, some significant similarities between effective leadership in education uh, and other different organisations. And these can be summed up in, in five words for me, culture, vision, planning, communication and relationships. Would you like me to expand a little bit on that? Oh, yes, please. I think that's really what we're driving at, just trying to, you know, trying to get to the bottom of where, where there is crossover, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So, so culture, first of all, I mean, that, that, I've been fortunate enough to be a, a head in the organization, the culture of the school. And uh, the, there's a question, you know, is, is the school a positive place for students, parents and staff? What's the school culture actually like? Um, how does the school treat its staff? How does it treat its students? Um, there, there, is there a pride in the organisation? Do people understand the school's mission and vision? And, and do they share it? Can they articulate it? Are there any challenges facing the school? All those things are factors which determine the culture of the school. And if you don't have your finger on the culture of your school as a school leader, 
then you're, you're, you're really trying to lead in the dark. You're, you're not seeing where you're going and you're not seeing what the key um, deciding factors are that determine the culture of the organization. So that's, that's, that's what I put down as culture. I think vision, we talk about vision a lot, don't we? And, you know, I've been on lots of interviews where people have said to me, um, my vision is, or have asked me what my vision is. And I think we have to ask ourselves, what is the vision for the school? What does it want for its students? What does it want for its teachers and its, its staff? What are its aims as a school for the future? An important feature for any vision is that the school opportunity has a contribute, an opportunity to contribute towards this uh, and to feel some ownership of that vision. So the vision gives us that, that broad perspective of where the school is going and where the people, the community within that school are going with it. So that, that's the, the vision. So we've had culture, we've got vision. And it's all very well having a vision. But if you haven't got a plan, you're not going to get there. I'm a great believer in, in the school improvement plan. I think it's really essential that we identify our priorities, that we work out who's responsible, we're clear about costs and resources, we've got an idea of timescale. And every initiative that's put forward in the school improvement plan has got to have some success criteria. What does it look like when we've achieved our goals? How do we know we've got there so that the success criteria are there? So you've got the culture, you understand the culture, you, 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 you work with the culture, that you have a vision for what you want for this school, that you have a plan that guides you, that provides a map as to how you're going to work towards the vision. And then the next one, I think, the next of the five key areas for me is communication. Because unless you can communicate effectively you know, the, the vision and the plan, you're going nowhere. Schools have got to be places for two-way communication. School leaders have got to be people who listen as well as talk. And there've got to be systems in place for communicating, I can't say communicating, for communicating and information. You need those systems so that you're clear about what happens when in terms of hearing feedback, in sharing the improvement plan, in valuing the contribution of the all members of the school community. I think too, talking about school community, it's really uh, possible to, to forget about the students here, but there's got to be a place for school student voice. And that's in high school, that's in primary school, school council tremendous vehicle for for giving students a voice for letting them talk about their school and the things that are on their minds and on their hearts so that that issue of communication is absolutely critical if there's no communication in the school you've got big problems and communication isn't just telling people communications listening to and then the last thing so we've had culture we've had vision we've got plans in place we've got communication taking place the last thing for me is is the quality of relationships whether I go in a classroom to do a school observation or whether I'm looking at a, a, a whole school, I'll look at the quality of the relationships that are present in that place. Schools are places for people. They're places for students, for staff, for parents. And it's essential that there are positive, trusting relationships that are, are, are blossoming there, that people are talking and listening to each other, and that people are taking the effort and the time to establish effective positive relationships, valuing the contributions that people make, celebrating success, learning from mistakes and being honest about that, taking an interest in each other, in students and, and staff and parents. I think it's really important that school leaders are people who are visible, that people who are seen and who people who interact with um, the, the, the children who interact with the staff who interact with the parents. And that's whether it's at the head level, whether it's a middle leader level, it doesn't matter. If there's interaction and the relationships there. 
I think schools also are places that, you know, whatever's going on, sometimes there are there are tough moments. We know that. And there are difficult times. We've, we've seen that with COVID and, and, and we could all give lots of examples. But I think they've got to be positive places where there are lots of smiles, where people trust each other and where there are those relationships that grow and develop. So culture, vision, planning, communication and relationships. And of course, in all of those, you can see where, uh, you know, leadership would have an, in, an input into each one of those five sections that you just talked about. Do, do you have a, a kind of a, a main focus area of those five that you think the most effective leaders focus on? I mean, do they, do the most effective ones, for example, focus on creating this kind of vision and really communicating that well? Or do they focus on building relationships? Or, or where do you see that, that most effective leadership or leaders work? I I'll make a confession here, David. I'm useless in the kitchen. When it comes to making a meal, I'm I'm, I'm pretty hopeless. You know, cheese on toast is my speciality. <laughs> but 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 I like eating, <laughs> and I do know that a good meal actually has many ingredients. And I think effective school leaders need all of those five elements. I think you need to be someone who can get a handle on the culture. I think you need to be someone who has a vision and can share that vision with others. I think you've got to be somebody who plans and works with colleagues to, 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 to make sure that the vision is turned into reality. I think you've got to be an effective communicator and I think you've got to build those relationships. So I don't think it's either or. I, I think as an effective school leader, just like an effective male, you need lots of ingredients in there to make it successful. Yeah, no, that's, absolutely, uh, that's absolutely true, I think. And um, but do you think that that... Well, I don't know how to phrase this, but do you think that most school leaders at the moment do think in that sort of broad spectrum? Or do you think we have um, leadership or leaders in schools that focus on one particular area or they don't necessarily spread their efforts as widely as, as you're suggesting? I mean, what sort of leadership do we have in schools, generally speaking, now? Okay, that's... That's a big question. And I think there are as many school leaders as there are schools and that, you know, each school is unique and, and each school leader is, is unique. I think there are pressures on school leaders these days. Yeah. And I think one of the pressures, I mean, I mean there, are, there have always been pressures. Um, I think, you know, if you're an independent school, then, then you, you're talking about the financial pressures. You know, we, we, we just emerged from COVID uh, and, and those are some, some pressures that people are having to deal with now. But I think one of the pressures that 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 that, that tells on schoolership is 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 the the whole business of how we use data and how we uh, assess. You know that the whole principle of assessment. How can we, as school leaders, ensure that um, we're getting things in proportion, that we're getting things in balance? So it's easy, I think, as a school leader, to become data driven and system driven and to lose sight of the individuals within the school. Schools are about people, they're about individuals, whether they're three-year-olds in, 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 in nursery and preschool, or whether they're 37-year-old teachers, or whether they're parents, it doesn't matter. Schools are about people. And, and if we lose sight of that, then we lose sight of so much. And that's why I was really keen to stress the, the importance of communication and relationships, because those are very much people skills. You need systems. You need effective data use and you need good assessments in place. But you have got to get that balance between using systems and data and ensuring that the, the human touch is still there. I do remember um, a long time ago, in fact, I've quoted it 
quite a few times to other people and i remember you saying to me once people before paper um and i've always i've always remembered that um i think and that speaks to the humanity of leadership and i mm -hmm. think um it seems to me anyway anecdotally that we that we have got a propensity for our school leaders currently to be more data driven and I, and I realize that is that is the pressure from above but how do you think we change that how do you how do we how do we how do we build leaders that are, that do have that balance between people and paper i think it comes down to your, your philosophy of leadership um and it's interesting that you you know you you, you quote the the people before paper statements I, I, nowadays of course that that kind of dates me david i think really people before <laughs> paper uh nowadays in the, the, the social media age um papers yeah. are a thing of the past well not quite but um i i think people before emails so yeah. so i've encountered school leaders who made the statement you know in the old days it used to be it's on the board nowadays i sent the email well actually do you know what you need to go and talk to people that there needs to be visits to classrooms or, or talks to to, to to other school leaders spending time with, with with children spending time with parents you know meeting with parents talking to people about concerns they've got or questions or just passing the time of day and i think that if that's part of the dna of your leadership then i think by all means you have to have systems I absolutely agree with that. You have to have effective means of collecting data and of using that data effectively, because often data can be collected to no good use, of using the data effectively. But alongside that, there has to be that connection with people that you're taking the time and the trouble and the effort to talk to people, to, to pass the time of day with them, um, and also to have the hard conversations too sometimes, that that needs to be part of the, the job of the school leader. Well, I suppose at the base of any good relationships uh, sits a huge amount of trust, and um, and you can't build trust with an email, um, not very easily anyway. Uh, you build you build trust in person. Um, yeah. So conversations. I, I I think I would always advocate that conversations are, um, you know, the primary or the most important way of communicating with somebody if you can possibly do it. Emails come second and whatever. Um, where do you think uh, the next sort of guiding question that I had was, um, do you think we're far off the mark in terms of what our leadership should look like and what it currently is uh, in schools? So, OK, that, that's a, a good question. I, I, and again, we come back to the fact that it varies from school to school. There are there are so many different schools and, and um, so many different approaches to, in terms of leadership. And I think I can only talk about the principles that, that 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 for me make effective schools and that make effective leaders in schools. And again, we're talking about leaders here. We're not just talking about directors or head teachers or owners of schools. We're, we're talking about the people who are in middle leaders or in any post of leadership. It's that principle that what drives you as a leader. What is that you want? And and for me, okay. I, I think that that um, one area that that I think that challenges us is schools is that we have to look at, at, at our end product and our end product clearly are our students. Now, if we're in an all through school, we're, we're, we're looking at exam places and, and, and universities and, and the, those sorts of outcomes. But we're also looking in, and you know, I've heard it described as the 21st century 
student, you know, but but it, it and it, and it's easy to be trite and it's easy to say um, it's about problem solving. It's about self confidence. It's about being globally minded. It's about being a citizen within your community, and all those things are absolutely critical and absolutely important. And I think one of the challenges for us as, as school leaders is is to actually look at the people who are coming out of our schools, whether they're primary age children, whether they're high school age children. What kind of people are leaving our schools and moving forward? And I know this isn't up to the schools on their own. Of course it isn't. You know, that partnership with parents is critical. But are we challenging our young people to be the kind of people who will thrive and who will make contributions in this immensely challenging world in which they're going to grow up in? And I think if we fail to do that, we're shortchanging our communities and we're shortchanging our kids because we know the 21st century with, with all its its challenges, whether it's to do with COVID, the geopolitical situations, climate change, whatever it happens to be, that there are so many different changes there. Uh, and we need our children to be change managers, people who aren't frightened by change, but who can work collaboratively to manage it. I'm not sure if I went on a little bit uh, from your question there, David. But so. no, no, that's absolutely fine. And I think probably the the what I'm taking away from that or from your answer is the fact that uh, the leadership doesn't only exist to perpetuate the organisation, but also to make sure we're churning out the people that we want to be sort of churned out from the system, if you like. And um, so, and that does make me think about how kind of distributed leadership is uh, within a school setting. What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you You mentioned middle leadership, and you mentioned anybody taking on a leadership role, but you see leadership as kind of going beyond that. I think I think school leaders are found in all sorts of places in in schools. You know, they can be found in the school council, um, and that can be. You know, I've seen leadership from. Um, sixth form students that that's been breathtaking in, in in the way that they've they've initiated things that have taken schools forward i've seen leadership in primary school children who wanted to um start some sort of initiative that that might be to do with a charity or it might be to do with animal welfare or something i've seen teachers um challenge uh, some of the, the the statements that have come out from the um school leadership uh, and, and, and ask questions that have been so pertinent and that have really stopped us in our tracks and made us think. So I think leadership is about people taking responsibility. And so the organisation has to allow that to happen, has to encourage that to happen. You know, we talked about culture. That, that was the first point that I made. If the culture of a school is the right kind of a culture, and you mentioned trust, and that's part of the culture, if the culture of the school is the right kind of culture and there is trust there, then people will feel able to make a contribution. And that contribution can be at all sorts of levels. But that's the kind of leadership that we're looking for. Absolutely, there will be people who've got a title, people who will be the, the head of a faculty or people who will be a deputy head or whatever, whatever the title happens to be. And those titles are important and those roles are critical. But there should be opportunities within the culture of school for leadership to come from all sorts of areas um, and encouragement uh, and for, for that to happen. I think perhaps just worth mentioning too that, that, that we talked about the vision and we talked about the plan. And within that vision, within that plan, there has to be um, allowances made for, for the professional development of staff so that people are challenged to be the best that they can be and supported to be the best that they can be in terms of delivering effective teaching and learning 
a range of extracurricular activities so that that, that people grow as educators and that growth uh, is reflected in, in the opportunities for children and students. It's very interesting. I mean, um, I think you're absolutely right. And it comes back to those five points that you talked about at the beginning, where, you know, leadership is should be focused on all five of them really because if you if you are to build the right culture in a school you you are going to be building that cpd and you are going to be building those opportunities for students to grow as leaders as as future citizens as contributors to our society and so on um so if we if you had to look um sort of 20 years into the future at at sort of an i a system where we have the perfect kind of leadership in in schools and whatever what would you think what would you say um in from your experience is the main focus area we should be targeting at growing uh, you know at growing leaders 20 years in the future wow who knows what 20 years in the future will look like <laughs> i'm not sure what two years in the future will look like to be honest there. we can focus on two that might be a more achievable. Yeah. <laughs> in fact over the past five years 20 minutes in the future has been a bit of an ask at certain times. <laughs> but um so what what uh, I, I i think there are um states within leadership that don't change so i think a leader in the future will need to be someone who communicates well i think a leader in the future will be someone who needs to develop positive lasting practical trusting relationships with the students and the staff and the parents that they're working with a leader in the future will need a plan they'll need vision and they'll need an understanding of the culture of the school i sound like a broken record there but but i think there are some absolutes in terms of leadership that don't change and there'll be all sorts of systems that change and there'll be all sorts of communication methods that are wildly different there'll be all sorts of challenges too eh? let's make no mistake about that but in in meeting those challenges if you understand the culture of your school if you've got that vision and that plan which needs to be flexible maybe it's worth saying at that point a flan, a flan i'm back in the kitchen a plan is not something that's set in stone a plan is, is an organic living thing that's flexible and responds to need as well as to, to, to the vision there. but if you've got those things in place then whatever the future throws at us whatever the future will be then we can respond to that and also critically we can have a role in determining that future so rather than just something happen to us you know we've got our plan in place we're flexible and responsive so we can make some determination about what the future looks like for our organization for our school absolutely and i think more so than ever now the plans need to be dynamic i think the days of of a school development plan that gets put on on onto a4 paper and then stuffed in a drawer somewhere for an end of year review are yeah. far gone now um yeah. yeah those flexible plans but i think that does allow a flexible plan does allow you know anybody who's leading anything in the school to actually be able to to be a little bit more nimble with how they execute those plans and yeah i mean one, one thing we haven't talked about and, and perhaps i should have mentioned you know you mentioned the word review but one of the critical aspects for for, for any good leader is to be reflective and honest uh you know that it, it's okay to make mistakes but you have to own up to them and you have to learn from them um and i think that business of reflecting on on how the plan is going reviewing making um, changes as required adapting is is really important so i think good schools are going to have to be reflective they're going to have to be adaptive they're going to have to be flexible and if that's the true of schools absolutely it's true of leaders in the future 
as of now, you need to be flexible, you need to be reflective, and you need to be adaptable. I think that is quite a that's quite a shift, isn't it? I, th I think that is quite a shift of, uh, you know, of late. I think probably there's always been the need to be quite adaptable and everything, but because things are moving so quickly and because things change so fast these days, it becomes far more uh, important to be <laughs> to be that person who can be <laughs> nimble and yeah. Um, well, I think that's probably pretty much the questions that are, or, or the sort of direction that we were looking for in this. But I did have one final uh, question, uh, Peter, and that was in your more than 30 or three decades uh, of leadership, <laughs> um, what is the one thing that you, I mean, I, don't, I, I doubt that anybody who's who's held a leadership position can, and, and is reflective can say that they haven't learned any, anything by being in a leadership position what is the one thing or one key thing that you might have learned over the yeah. the last 30 years or so about i don't know humanity leadership whatever how has it changed you well <laughs> <laughs> only one thing <laughs> only one thing okay because i mean clearly you know I always used to say that, that the time to get out of, of teaching was when you feel you stopped learning. Um, and that's so true, you know, and, and, yeah. and as, as the years have gone by, um, I, 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 I can claim never to have stopped learning and, and sometimes to my surprise. Um, so I, I think one of the things that, that, that I would say, and, and it's the thing that springs to mind, you know, maybe if I sat down and, and made a list, you know, it would be a different top 10, but, but the, the, the first thing I think is being honest with yourself. Um, that that it that it's easy to um, to try and impress. It's it's easy to um, pretend, but I think that you have to be honest. You have to look at um, what's working and what's not working, and I think you have to ask yourself why. So I think that 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 business of being reflective is is really important. Perhaps I would say as well for for any um, leaders, whether they be heads or heads of faculty or whoever who are, who are, who are listening to this, that, that another thing that, that's really important is is to, to take care of yourself. Because I think as a school leader, it's easy to give lots and lots and lots. Um, and resilience is so important. But but actually, you know, you're an important resource for the school. So, so make sure that you make some time for yourself too and that you have in place networks that can give you that support. I think that was about three things. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably have another podcast on those things. <laughs> on that question. No, um, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, Peter. Um, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, I hope that our listeners will gain a lot from it. I'm sure that we'll have opportunity to have another one in the future, um, should you be willing, about something also school-related. Pleasure talking to you, David, as you say, as always. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Thank <laughs> you.